episode four, part one, season three of The Feels. Hello, it's me, Charmian. Welcome back. This is one of those conversations that have just flowed so effortlessly, and it helps when the guest that you invite on the podcast is a personal friend. Now, I would say that the content that you put out or how you present yourself to the world is usually a reflection of the season of your life. The things that you think about, what worries you, what gets you excited. And that's truly how I want the feels to be as well. It changes with every season to reflect the kind of person that I am in that season. And recently, especially in the last year or so, I've really been asking myself what it means to be an influencer. What does it mean to have influence in this day and age? Is it as simple as having the right amount of followers on social media? Is it a label you can give anybody now as long as that person actively pursues a career in making content? And if you are making content for a living, what is that content? What does it say actually? I have so many questions to be honest, as you can tell. (laughs) I mean, there is already so much content in the world. Do we truly need more of it? And if there is always more of it, what are we saying when we do have that kind of power and that reach to do so? What do we say to the people who actually want to listen? I think that's a really important question that I find myself asking myself every single time I sit down to conceptualize a new season. In fact, I always ask myself, who needs this content before deciding if it's worth making it to begin with? And if I can think of just one reason why it could help someone, then it's good enough reason for me to actually make it into an episode. But existential questions aside, (laughs) I also recognize that there are just some content that exists because we need it for a good laugh. We need it to feel like we're not alone. That's why I love memes. (laughs) No, seriously. Which is why I thought if I could sit down with someone who I truly feel has influence, but is also someone who can laugh at themselves in the process of making that content and putting out that influence, it was Ben. It was Benjamin King. Um, Funnily enough, we met way back, I think, in 2016, and I had just entered radio And he had just started out with the Sam Willows, but we never really had like a conversation. I think we were always like friends in passing, you know. And then late last year, we got together to make a short film. Uh, Shout out to Eden. Eden is our director. He hunted us down and he got us two together to make a film in two days. Truly, I feel like magic happens on set both on camera and off camera and that was when i truly got to know ben and i always knew he was you know as funny a person off camera but getting to know him on a deeper level i think that was what made me think he is the right person that i want to have this conversation with because i think he would understand and when you think about it that is what we look for in the connections that we make in the world no It's always about wanting to be understood on some level. So looking back on this conversation, I had so much fun talking to him and I hope that you enjoy it as much as we did having it. And with that, it is my pleasure to invite my friend, an artist, musician, actor, writer, director, human extraordinaire, Benjamin King on the feels. Hey, pew, 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 pew. 
too. It's giving. But yeah, I found out something about you the other day. Oh, no. So I went to Google. Don't do it. Top SG male influencer. Why would you do that? And your name came up. It's a deep, dark hole. <laughs> no, burn it, burn it all. Burn the internet now. Burn it. Burn it now. So I was like, this is perfect. That's horrible. Because truly, I think when I think about the top male influencer, or rather the most recognized oh one, no. the one that comes to mind very quickly, it would be your name. However, I also know that you consider yourself, or rather your, your actual job, <laughs> your actual job is an artist, a musician, and you do like a wide array of things. So would you consider yourself to be an influencer? Um, a part of me always has died whenever like that term comes up and I think I'm way beyond my ninth death at this point um, <laughs> so I can't really identify as anything but I don't know I mean yeah it's funny you mentioned that as well um, I think I obviously never fully identified as one but I recognize how bougie that sounds because it's not about int- uh, I mean yes it is about intent but it's also about public perception and what kind mm. of work you're doing and because I'm primarily putting out work in different mediums on a digital space, mm-hmm. I guess you can label it an influencer or a content creator. Oh god! Um, yeah, but where, I feel like all these horrible <laughs> catch-all phrases, like yeah. like, has been used like um, in varying degrees to all people of our kind. Exactly. I guess. Yeah. But I can really safely say that I don't know that that what the article is that you read <laughs> or who else is on it, but I would feel very out of place beside those folks because i i struggle to even create content on the daily you know what i mean like i I don't i don't really think of myself as like a content and influence yeah a content creator influencer and i maybe maybe i should maybe that's what's missing in my life maybe that's no i don't think so okay good (laughs) thank you let's wrap it up yeah Yeah, great talk Uh, okay no the reason i ask is because i i don't see you as an influencer in a sense of I believe you have influence. I, I believe you have influence over the things that you put out, the content that you create. Right. But I don't feel the need to to label you as a content creator or mm. an influencer. In mm. fact, if, if I'm being honest, I find that these two terms, they just are, are used so loosely that I don't even really know what it means. Sure. Yeah, what, it, what does it mean to be an influencer versus having actual influence let's ask lawrence wong shall we <laughs> invite uh, mr wong into the into the booth uh, <laughs> lawrence wong has entered the chat <laughs> oh he has entered the chat um he's playing guitar somewhere he's really cool but anyway um yeah that's a really good question i think obviously the word is like super tainted mm-hmm. but if you think about the genesis of um personified marketing or like you know put brands aligning themselves to people yeah. and faces it's been done since the dawn of time you know mm-hmm. what i mean like and if you if you hug back to 100 years ago, like 1920s, when they're running ads that were incredibly problematic and racist. Yeah. Um, uh, but to just see the genesis of that, it's always kind of been there. Mm. You know what I mean? So mm. I think the influencer term just came about because the power and the autonomy of creating has, has shifted. Yeah. Right? Into obviously the hands of the creator themselves. And I think this day and age with reels and shorts and TikTok taking such prominence in terms of like visibility and accessibility mm. it's swayed even more so you see a lot of brands bypassing um creative agencies and, and pr companies to go straight to uh, specific influencers or creators or artists or filmmakers and going you know your audience you know your skill set we want mm. whatever you'll do obviously like clear it with us but 
um, you know you know it best. Mm. So I think the game is really changing. Um, and I've always liked creating within a construct or a structure, as opposed to like a blank canvas, which gives me a, a crazy anxiety attack. Mm. So it's almost like you, like writing a pop song for three thirty, right? You have yeah. rules and everything. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where I think I've 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 re- I've realized the necess- the necessity in my life to just put foot on the table. Like mm. this is the way to go. Yeah. Part- partially. Yeah. And uh, to not hate it as much as I used to, to not cringe as much as I used to, mm-hmm. um, and to not keep thinking about the algorithm game as well. Yeah, but that's a whole other topic. That, yeah. That, um, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Is that kind of why you felt like you were ready to open up your own? creative agency is by the way plug uh, is that what i would call it is that what i would call Charles king like a yeah. creative agency we we're kind of just um Content two creators two, two bros with mommy issues oh. who decide to make film um <laughs> but yeah no, no i i think that's it it's really just i think it's also being a bit disgruntled with um like a lot of the briefs that i was getting mm. at the time kind of feeling the same run-of-the-mill stuff yeah you know what i mean yeah. um and very and realizing that um, that disruption of storytelling can go a long way yeah. in terms of audience retention, in terms of creating something that's interesting. It's also kind of a puzzle. Like, how do you make people not swipe away in three to five seconds? But how yeah. do you capture their attention mm-hmm. and make it genuine and do something that is a bit more blue ocean or uh, has a stronger USP than most things? Mm. And then now with, with Reels and TikTok, and there's just like a variation in every single video, like, how do you then be sincere and all that and cut through all of that? Yeah. So it's kind of like an increasingly more difficult chess master that keeps leveling up as yeah. you go every single month and then you're just trying to figure out like what works. But I have to say, I really enjoy watching your your content. I hate saying that word. Oh but my God. Because I know that when you create these stuff, you, you're actually enjoying it. Like, you genuinely enjoy putting out, like, yeah. humor. If you're going humor. through hell, might as well make it fun, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Versus, like, everything out there being seeded by brands. And sure, it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. we want to see you this. Can you do this for us? But, like, make it subtle and don't make it seem like we asked yeah. you to do it. Right. I think th- there's a very... It, it's it's there. It's subtle, but it's it's there. Just like this Arabica beans <laughs> uh, right here in this latte. Enjoy your um, coffee that I got you. So subtle. <laughs> But it's still there. Thanks for being here, by the way. Check it out. Fifteen uh, percent off. <laughs> <laughs> Use code Ben. Yeah, code Ben. That's right. Uh, you, you check focus. You know, you, you put you put your hand behind the product. Um, get ready with me. Oh Come with me. Oh my god, a day in a life. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're here bitching about it, but but it's for some people, it's an it's an actual yeah, thing, which is. is which is also something that I think about these days. It's like. Do we genuinely think that what we do in a day and what we use as products, for example, right. like let's say you're a beauty content creator. Yeah. At what point do you go like, oh, you know, if this interests me and this is for my benefit, I'm sure other people will 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 think the same way. Ooh, it's for a good me, question. maybe maybe it comes from anxiety on my end. It's like But how do you consume that? I mean like as a I mean as a creator and a consumer, like yeah, what I is don't. You don't. <laughs> You swipe away. I, to be honest, I, I my relationship with social media has changed so much since leaving 987. How so? I think it's because when I was in 987, we had KPIs. Ooh. Ooh company secrets. Fun town, yeah. <laughs> Everyone, yeah. <laughs> the clause is up. No, just kidding. 
<laughs> name and shame. Let's hey. go. No dropping names. No, just no, no, a shame. No. Okay. Um. What was I saying? Yeah. Okay. Um, so the way it, you, I did it a lot for work. Right. Yeah. So it was like three times a week. You had to clock this, this, this. You had to put this, 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 and your image is this, this, this. And I think that was right. partly the reason why I was like, maybe I don't really want to do this anymore. Sure. Yeah. Because it's not. It's not really me. Maybe it's a part of me, but I don't think you need to just be one thing, especially not in this day and age. And I couldn't yeah. really relate to that image anymore. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think after leaving, I was like, oh, huh, I don't have to. I don't have to do this for work. So nice. I just kind of like took a social media, what do you call that, detox? Yeah. And then after that, I didn't feel an impetus to like keep going back as frequently as I thought. Mm. So now I think when I do go back, I feel this like impending anxiety at the back of my mind going like oh like i don't like how it, it messes with my brain and i don't know if you feel that way which is kind of why i admire like people who can do this on the daily and actually call it their career like yeah. how do you live online so much and not feel like your entire personality is just exists online yeah you know it, like how do you draw the line oh that's such a good question um it's kind of like once you get caught on the train and you're on it, like you just can't stop. And then mm -hmm. you're always just a slave to the algorithm. Yeah. You kind of feel like you drop off and everything. Um, but then you realize that there's so many other ways of getting to happiness, quote unquote, yeah. or, or fulfillment, right? In this right. case. I mean, I'm thinking about also knowing you, the person, and knowing you, Shamia, the mm. personality. Because <laughs> I think like I got to know you. Wait. I mean, I, I knew, I, I mean, we were acquaintances, kind of friends. Yeah. And I would, you know, very, uh, um, you know, appropriately follow <laughs> you online and stalk you Wait, in, a, in a very respectful way. For because sure. I'll be like, she's cool. She speaks well. Aww. She's a fitspo. Aww, and I think, you. obviously, um, the, the upside is that as a person of varied interests and fads, like, for example, I, I dig fitness and mm. I dig all these kind of things. Yeah. Following a couple of these um, fitness personalities um, is really enlightening. I really learn a lot. And mm. I, I would definitely say the upside of, you know, the rejigged algorithm of today is that you get a whole buffet of this stuff without even having to follow them. So you don't have to commit to the follow. Yeah. You just kind of like... Consume. Optimize, yeah. Optimize yeah. your SEO. Yeah. Right? Optimize your, your, your grid. And then, for example, like mine's filled with like really weird musicians and um, quarkers. <laughs> So I'm in a very good space. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, there's obviously, I think the beauty of it now is, I mean, there's obviously the dark side. And um, I feel like when you hit 30, <coughs> oh God, you kind of graduate from the bullshit. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like you kind of realize, it's just a self epiphany that like, you don't have to be a slave to it, but you can use it to, to just be a nice enzyme to, happiness fulfillment bettering mm, of yourself yeah you know so i mean i'm at a place now where i'm as much a user as i am a fan mm -hmm. um and i i can limit myself to okay five more videos and then we're <laughs> out we we gotta stop is that what you said like 35 videos later <laughs> exactly and then and then that's why i haven't slept in three days uh <laughs> wait but are you speaking from experience was it like you realized that about yourself when you turned 30 oh, yeah so I it changed for you like your relationship with social media and the whole validation game i think it's more of that i think obviously because um i think my career started at a time of social media social media burgeoning right mm. like we we kind of rode on the youtube train when covers were cool <laughs> um and then back when in, when you just put filters through the instagram app itself you oh know what i mean so God. like and then we kind of rode that transition all the way so so i think 
um, as much as that platform has morphed, so has my career. You know what I mean? I, I, I definitely don't feel like the same even three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. And I've had to pivot like really drastically. But also because I like the pivot. And I yeah. understand to a lot of people, it's such a pain. Mm. But I think I have I found joy in in finding new nooks and crannies in terms of career, in terms of interests, mm. in terms of storytelling. Yeah. Um, and then just just treating um, all these platforms as just tools to tell the story. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really slaves to them, which is why my TikTok algorithm right now is quite shit. Uh, what is it? I mean, what th- does it consist of? Well, I wasn't like, I mean, I could do this. I could do like, I mean, okay, that's the thing, right? It's like, if I really wanted to like grab crazy numbers, I'm not saying I could, mm-hmm. but like, there is a kind of formula that you can follow. Just like, I mean, like the stuff that you know will get a reaction or dumb videos yeah. and just being super consistent, which I did for a season. Mm. And then this season, I'm like, I can't even, I can't even sit through those. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah. I just want like, I'll just put in um, content that I appreciate, which is like maybe looking at the music making process, for example, yeah. you know, or arrangement. And then even if it does like less than 10, 10K on TikTok, I'm like, I think it will find an audience somehow. Yeah. And some of my favorite creators, actually, a lot of musicians, um, if you check out their grid, I can pull up one now. But yeah, literally, it's nothing groundbreaking each time. They're just being very consistent, mm-hmm. but developing a very specific craft. And I think what's come up recently is that beauty, is the beauty in repetition, but but honing this one ikigai thing mm-hmm. you know what i mean just mm-hmm. one thing well and not having to be funny across the board or oh, now we have to do roving now we have to do vox pops now we have to do 10 types of this now we have to do like a mockumentary you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's yeah. now i have to show show skin it's really like eh, side eye <laughs> but it's really like i'll do one thing well and trust that the algo will help me find the right audience for it mm. do you know what i mean yeah like i don't know if you know uh leonard lenardi Yes, dude. I I'm the such chef? a freaking fan. Yes. Yeah. Have he does s- cooking videos still, right? So he's so sexy, IG. dude. He I is, can't. Right? I can't do. Do we just? Wow, we have I, to type. I'm simping for for <laughs> him. And he's a. Uh, I mean. Is he attached? Is he married? I think he's. I think Wait, he is. no, he's a dad. He's a dad. No, he's not a dad. He's not a dad. He I just caught up with. Him. I think he's <laughs> married. Yeah. No, I. Th- no, he's definitely attached. He's definitely attached. To anyway, my soul. Shout out to Lenardi. Sh- yeah, Lenardi. Lenardi. Yeah, Lenardi. Lenardi. And my favorite series is like he does this really sexy lo-fi, you know, oh. like cooking videos. Yeah. And you just him like chopping up garlic. Lo-fi is your thing. Dude, I love lo-fi. <laughs> but then just to see him, you know, his strong forearms and you know these veiny, <laughs> veiny bits, just All slicing right. through garlic. Okay. And then and then he has a series called uh, Will It Waffle. <laughs> Have really? you seen that? Yes. No. Okay, go check it out. Wait, didn't Shuen did something like that for a while? She bought like this waffle machine and tried to did waffle she? everything. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. Still yeah. I don't know if she still does that. But maybe okay. she doesn't have as sexy forearms as Len. I'm not gonna comment on that, obviously. <laughs> but um but but yeah, he has this thing I mean now where he basically tries to waffle anything and he's right. waffled like a full fried fish before to and like random but still in a very sexy way. So you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> Like in a, like a science experiment, like you make sure you have some constants and then small variables change. Yeah, his his numbers are great. No, I do think there's something about taking what has been done before and making it your thing. I mean, that's kind of the trademark of an yeah. original. And I say this with air quotes: an original content creator is that yeah. you you repurpose 
something you've already seen on the internet because it's 100%. familiar to people. People dig that. But then if you can give it your own spin, you, you kind of make it original in a sense. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard of like the, um, I don't want to get this wrong or mansplain, but I'm, <laughs> so I'm going to try. Have you heard of this, the, the red and blue ocean strategy? No. What's that? <coughs> so <coughs> oh okay i might be I might, I might be messing this up royally but it really helped me um in terms of life and everything so mm. I, it's a marketing tool to develop usps for new businesses okay so red ocean and blue ocean basically are two different philosophies when when um, developing again usp right a red ocean is a market that's kind of saturated so think of it as like there's a lot of fishermen in the same pond or um basically hey, bubble tea stores are, are are a hit right now, right? Like boba tea, everyone's on it. Get a good location, follow the formula, get the, the top three flavors, go at it. You are bound to achieve a certain degree of success because the the varying, the, the, you know... There's the, already a crowd. Yes, exactly. There's yeah. already demand for it, right? Supply and demand basic. So um, it's a safe bet. Mm. It definitely doesn't guarantee you um, to cut through the noise, mm. but it'll get you somewhere, mm. right? Um, but you're also heavy in competition with everybody else, um, as opposed to the blue ocean strategy, which is to basically find the hole in the wall and plug it in, in a sense of either do something that no one's done before, mm-hmm. but find a need for it as well. Right. Right. And then just develop that really strongly, which is, again, kind of like shooting for the moon or hoping for the best. But you're essentially finding your own lake. You know what I mean? And yeah. there's way less competition. You're, and... Um, and if you can sort of like nail that ikigai of things that that the economy needs that makes fiscal sense for you, yeah, that is something that you are also um, good at, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, and that the world needs, then then you've hit the jackpot. It's like you, if you can find a problem that you can solve, yes, right, yeah. But the trouble is that sometimes people don't get on board your solutions because that lake is not filled yet. Hundred percent, yeah, like. They're on the they are on the other side. They're at the red ocean. Everyone's on the other side. Everyone's doing ten types of girls in a in an <laughs> office fire or something. So they're on sorry. Uh, shout out to Tian Hao. He's a great <laughs> dude. I'm okay, but he also made it to the list, by the way. <laughs> but you're at the top. Just, just saying. I don't. Th- okay, yeah. No, I'm very happy for him to top and for me to be on the bottom. But I whoa, were we still talking about the list or? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I will give it to him that he's very consistent. Super. When you were talking about consistency, he is very consistent because what it's twenty twenty three and we're still doing listicles. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, so that is one thing I, I have to say. I don't entirely understand how that is still floating with the local audience. It's it's not actually. It's floating with a large, a much larger regional audience. Then that was his goal the whole time. I mm. mean, he made a very um. Again, I I I, w- I don't want to misquote, but I know he made a very executive decision to move away from Singlish into catering to a larger uh, audience. I, I think a lot of them are from um, like certain parts of India and uh, the larger South Asia. I think, I, I again, I, I might be getting this wrong, but I know it's definitely not Singapore. Right. So he's completely pivoted and he couldn't give two rats asses about Singapore because that's really not where the money is for him. Or right. I mean the fan base at least. So he's completely optimized for something else. And the listicle is simply just a clickbait tool. Like when you go into the video, I mean, I haven't watched heaps of it, but I think the few I've watched or what I've heard is that it also has a narrative. Mm. So it might not be like quality Bujin Fong filmmaking, Mm. but it works. So as a businessman, obviously, everyone I know always tips the hat to him. It's like, okay, he he knows how to scale Mm. really, really, really well. 
But I think, yeah, it's finding that blue ocean strategy that is super exciting. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that's the whole purpose. If you And it's not for everyone, for sure. But you should just try, man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think if it excites you, there is there's something there. Yeah. And you kind of owe it to yourself to explore it. Or like think about every big, um, every SME that, that has come up in the last decade that has blown up, like say your, like Airbnb, mm. right? And their slogan literally is, welcome home. They're a home business and they don't own any homes in the world. Yeah. They're basically, yeah, you know, I mean, the whole concept is brilliant. The same thing as, um, Uber or Grab they don't own any taxis or um, Instagram doesn't own any of its own content mm. so again like they found a really smart blue ocean strategy to kind of like um, scale very 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 well and yeah. quickly I would say mm. so I mean I think the same principle can kind of be applied to like personal content creator moles I would say but again the rules keep changing so I, I don't know I don't know how you feel that as well but like I'm probably not the the best person to to ask this because to be honest i kind of i definitely don't see myself as a content creator maybe maybe for the podcast yes Mm. but it's it's a different vibe like i genuinely enjoy what i put out on the podcast and oh yeah it's never been about the numbers for me like when i left 987 and i said okay i want to do a podcast it was not about grasping at straws and just making sure i retain my audience i don't care if you remember me from 987 or not you know i mean and i'm grateful when people do but that was never the the goal. Mm. But with social media, I always feel like this this pressure. Maybe it's pressure I'm giving myself. Yeah. Because anybody anybody can be, air quotes, influencer these days, yeah. right? You post like a couple of photos with like showing skin, and suddenly you're a beauty content creator. That mm-hmm. for me, the line has completely dulled, and yeah. I just it's 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 tough to to see myself in that. You know, like when you're no, surrounded I, I, totally, by the same totally, group of people, yeah. you didn't just ask yourself, like, am I like that too? Do I have to show more skin? Exactly. And that scene is so saturated right now. Exactly. Like, and everyone I don't want to be seen doing as that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's a whole other industry. Shout out to moms. Yeah, some moms <laughs> are killing it. I totally get it, man. Like the competitiveness. I feel like also, I mean, no shade to uh, 97, but like... That was a really competitive culture. I mean, I wasn't really part of it, but mm-hmm. just having a small peek into it and seeing yeah. the the people who are my friends as well kind of going through it. Man, it's so, so competitive. And yeah. there's so much pressure on you guys to kind of pull ahead and do this and do that. Yeah, You don't feel like you can carve your own space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when I was younger, like even w- when I was in 987, I think I there was a part of me that like blamed the system a little bit. Mm. Obviously, now it's different. Like, after I've come out of it, I realize, actually, it's all me. Like, it was my insecurities. It was my lack of self-confidence that made me think I'm never going to be at the top or that I'm I'm nothing compared to my peers who have entered the scene much earlier, right? right. And I've not seen that, that, that process that they've gone through themselves to get there. So I can't blame anyone. I mean... Yeah, it's not, it's not a blame game. But when I was in it, it was... It was not the right mindset to have. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I just feel like this industry as a whole is <laughs> detrimental to your <laughs> mental, mental health, health and everything <laughs> else. Oh, my goodness. Um, I feel like the only way to survive in modern day society is to plan for your next holiday constantly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the way to go. But that's the thing, right? I don't want to live a life where I'm I'm living for the holidays. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. like they tell you don't live for the weekends. It's, it's the same thing. What is a weekend? I don't, I don't know anymore. <laughs> but... No, I, I I totally understand. I'm yeah. glad I'm glad you found that, and I'm glad you you've carved out like a life and a career 
aside from social media. I think that's so healthy. Thank you. Yeah. Did you ever experience something like that? Because from the get-go, you know, coming out with the Sam Willows, like it was very like on your own terms for all four of you, right? So you right. guys weren't under any sort of like association or you had to like answer to anybody. None of that. I think we were very fortunate again to come up in a time where um, like the advent of social media was like going crazy. Everyone was like, oh my God, like, like YouTube covers or like, you know, you're doing content on online. And I think very early on we were like, okay, let's do covers, but let's put a really weird spin on each cover. You know what I mean? That was mm -hmm. kind of the genesis of, 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 um, of how I was trying to like understand um, creating um, work that was both commercial, vi commercially viable and creative at the same time yeah and i felt like a lot of people um in that scene that i grew up with idolizing um never crossed those two venn Van diagrams it was always like it's either fine art um and it, or, or that or it was like you know commercial just commercial stuff yeah and no one ever dared to go like you know like mm. let's smash these circles together um and every time i people did it it was it just wasn't well executed mm. and i mean growing up being a fan of like the theater, fan of like the, the form of acting, you know what I mean? And the mm -hmm. craft of acting or like storytelling, but also being a form, uh, a fan of like just Disney Channel, <laughs> you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. all that. We grew up yeah. with that. We grew up with and all that, that good yeah. stuff, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, there's there's so much beauty in both and um, I want to exist in that middle space, mm -hmm. you know? So I think for me, the social media avalanche wasn't, um, it, I, I think I saw it more of, an opportunity rather than like a, ch uh, a, ne a necessity to battle with people mm -hmm. that I could just serve my own interests or my passions and then hopefully that would be enough to get me through the door but even if it doesn't like it's still really fun yeah but I understand that not everyone has this passion of like storytelling or filmmaking mm -hmm. you know perhaps you just want to you just want to look pretty or like <laughs> good looking you're handsome and I think that's fine I mean I think as long as you're putting an effort and you don't let it be your whole identity, mm -hmm. I think you're in a good place. Mm. Yeah. But it's so much easier to say this shit on a <laughs> podcast <laughs> than actually do it. No, yeah. actually, speaking of that, I remember your earlier posts on IG. Do you remember them? This sounds very creepy, by the way. I, oh, I remember I like them because I think we met in 2016. That was when the Samuels were, I think, up and coming, mm. was it? And I had just... Uh, entered 987, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Fun I remember times. your early posts. <laughs> so young and naive, all of us. No, it was a post of, of you um, sharing your fitness journey. I think you were, like, chonky mm. at one point. <laughs> and I was quite prosper prosperous. <laughs> yeah, and then you had, like, a transformation or something. So sure, it was, yeah. like, a post of, like, your before and after. Okay. Yeah. And fetish trap was it oh no no it wasn't it was uh, well it was it's mm. <laughs> <laughs> gonna bury my head in i have to be honest i don't remember whether it was thirst trappy or not but i mean obviously there was a difference that like that's why <laughs> the there was no difference i right? was <laughs> just like <laughs> no but like you, you mentioned how you've grown you've grown and you're not even that version of yourself anymore it's, and it's right. interesting when you look back on your older posts yeah you like look back on that self and you're wondering like okay what was what was that Ben thinking and 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 going through at that point yeah. of your life? A good healthy amount of cringe is important. <laughs> Do you cringe when you look back and on, on this day's stuff or memories? And For sure. Or you're like, man, I was a I cringe when I look back on old photos of um like past relationships. 
Like, ugh. Okay, well, yeah. That, like, I mean, why? Yeah. why did Google Photos save that? Oh, no. <laughs> of all the data you could have lost, please lose that. Hmm. Which is Should like, we pull it up right now on the on the <laughs> monitor and let's 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 discuss this <laughs> subject A. No, but it's true. Like before you were before you guys blew up. I mean, yeah. I don't like to use that word, but before you guys blew up individually and as a group, surely the way you use social media has changed. Oh, yeah. It was different. It was more like personal. It was more like for your close group of friends. Yeah. More than that, I think it was like oh my god, I was so self righteous, dude. I was so self righteous. And I I don't know why okay, so this is my semi-public apology i've apologized many times for this but like i was so impressionable right and uh, this also has so many facets i think growing up in 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 church mm-hmm. obviously like i don't attend anymore and like there's a lot of there's a whole other topic but like i think i was so impressionable about trying to change the world and and, and not not in a in a very right-wing conservative way but mm-hmm. like in a spread the love kind of way mm-hmm. or like you know love usually love wins or like everything is possible if we just hold hands and kumbaya and i truly believed it you know what i mean like i truly truly believed that yeah. love was the answer you know back then when you to write love on her <laughs> arms and you know all those like those tumblr quotes and shit i'm sorry to laugh at Dude, so many i was i do remember that ben i do you was it. all about that shit man <laughs> and so like i just remember like I will always try to find time to like speak life into people, you know, that kind of thing. Like yeah. almost like I'm Preachy. some cringy youth pastor or some <laughs> shit, right? But then like I, I felt like I needed to share my life like on social media and it made me feel good to to kind of like to to distill my life into an an anecdote for people, you know? Because I had to be a proper influence or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it just hit a point where I was so unconscious about it. Um I caught I think I caught some flack for a few of it. And I don't remember what exactly, but also I mean in the music industry like you know there is a level of decorum that this just does not belong to, right? And not it's not just the cringy thing, it was the preachy thing, it was me oversharing and I had to I mean, at first I was like, you know what? These people are haters or whatever and everyone was like, "Oh, let haters be haters." But no, man. I mean, like there was so much good criticism that came out of it too. Um, that was like, why are you doing all this for, dude? Like, like, why do you feel... It's more of a f- reflection of your own um, interests, your own insecurities, your own imposing of your own values on people just yeah. because you want to be seen. Maybe there's a saber complex buried in there somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I then sh- I decided to shut up for two years and just not like... I think I became very hateful. I, I, really? I, yeah, I mean, I turned a point where... I completely stopped sharing. Um, I think also I was just very like, I was very guilty about being that that guy. It also coincided with me sort of like relearning my ideas of organized religion and spirituality and all that. So mm-hmm. it was all like a lot at the same time. Yeah. Sorry if I'm rambling, but like no. like um, it was a lot of that stuff. And then I think the only way out for me from this period of like like I would say um, pedestrian depression, like oh, it was wow. like kind of there. I could feel the weight, but I couldn't really identify it. But I just couldn't bring myself to be genuine online. But the only way out for me, and this was around the time the band ended, Mm -hmm. was to laugh at myself. Was to go like, this is all kind of a joke. This whole career, this this posturing, this hat-wearing, skinny-jeans-wearing dude who's trying to save the world, um, who who never actually, like, did I actually care? about the people that I was talking to. Mm. Like, could I, could I, could I look my, like my my 10 closest friends 
and go to I've invested in their lives. And I could honestly say, hell no, I did not. I was so focused on being this paramount idea of 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 nice guy mm. that I was not. I was completely not. Yeah. So I think obviously I started to relook my whole like motive for, you know, like talking online, but also being a good friend. And then just learn to like make jokes about myself. So I think that was the genesis of me being a shit poster. Right. Yeah. Okay. It's a weird roundabout way, but it kind of worked. Yeah. In my in for my mental health, I would say. Yeah. For sure. No, and I'm I'm glad. No, <laughs> no, no, I say for sure because um I think without that realization, you couldn't have come to this place where comedy is like no literally your funny bone. It's a like healthy amount of bullying of is you. important. <laughs> I recommend you to bully your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Charmian has not endorsed this. No, she's feels. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one endorses it. <laughs> no, but but I'm glad you shared this with me. And, and thanks for saying that. Because I feel like I'm kind of going through the same thing. Yeah? I'm quieter on social media these days because... I don't know. I just... I mean, I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to say this. But nowadays, when I get brands who like ask me to do this or do that, it's not like I'm not grateful for it. But I always ask myself what is the point to sell another product to sell another service so true how do i navigate this this obsession over consumerism why does someone need another product or another service oh but God. at the same time if if the brand helps me out in some way i can't possibly be like mm, i don't feel like selling shit <laughs> like i can't yeah. i can't do that yeah. you know it would be wrong on on my part sure yeah so it's I don't know. I just feel like I'm fi- I'm trying to find that balance right now, and and at least for me, I don't feel motivated to to put out anything pretty or mm. funny or interesting. Like yeah, like why do I have to be all these things? Mm. Even with the podcast, at the beginning, I was super excited about it because I really believed in what I put out. But at the same time, I was just thinking, does it really matter? Like, do I have to be good? Do I have to know the answers? And why should people hear it from me? You know, yeah. is what I have to say even... It's a void. Yeah. It's just like, it's just, we're shouting to a void. Yeah, it's like the, the bagel, the everything bagel. Yeah. It's, it's... A bagel. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so... That I, show I guess I'm just in that kind of like dark hole. Yes. And I, I feel like maybe that was kind of what you were asking yourself. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, I 100% retweet that. <laughs> I don't think that would fit into a what is it now? 180 characters, 160. That's f- yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to e- talk to good old Elon yeah. about that. But um, no, I 100% feel you. I think I, I have this discussion routinely with myself and people around me, mm. and um, I I can never arrive at an answer because I'm really so deeply entrenched in this career. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and um and it's so easy to vilify this career, obviously, because. I often go to bed thinking I'm not adding any value to society at all. Like I'm 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 literally not moving the meter at all. Yeah, I'm, I mean I can obviously doctor it as I c- I could be making people laugh, you know, you we're, we're inspiring people, yeah. we're selling the right, you know, materials to products to the right people, but when you break it down like I'm not really tangibly tangibly on the first um the first degree making an impact. I'm not a healthcare worker. I'm not a frontline worker. You know, I'm not a social worker. I'm not, yeah. I, you know, there's so little of that interaction. Yeah. Do you know what I like mean? Like, is what I'm putting out truly making a difference? 
Yes. Mm. And it, it does put you in this super crazy weird hole where, I mean, I totally, totally understand. I don't think it's even wrong to say that, like, you would question the validity of even, you know, being a, a, a soapbox for these brands. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> We're both in this hole. So, I, so I mean, I think that's why I also, like, I decided to try and, and make a bit of art out of it. Yeah. Because I'm like, if I can put a spin on it that, that sheds a different light, maybe I'll be able to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a very healthy feeling to have, especially if you are in this position. You know what I mean? The fact that we can question it. 100%. I mean, I, I don't think many others are having this degree of self-reflection. like I mean, I don't want to speak for them. Yeah. At least, maybe I need to hang out with better people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and when I do broach the topic, I feel like very few in these circles um, I can kind of connect with on this level. But it's often the people, my, my really close friends outside of it. And I think that's part of it. I'm sure you have a, a support system mm-hmm. of people who are outside this industry. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And those are the people like I always go back to to like remember that at the end of the day, this is kind of just a job. Yeah. Reality check. Yeah. 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 And the people outside of the limelight, um, they're, they're really there for you. It sounds so cliche, but they really are there for you because yeah. they've seen you in the moments when you're offline. Yeah. I don't know why. Most of my really good friends are uh, lawyers. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and they really give me a shit for a lot of things. But I mean, I, it's interesting because, I mean, I feel like they're also very, um, they're, they're in on pop culture, mm. they're in on what's happening socially. You know, they, they love the, the nuances of um, anything kind of like humanity related or sociology related mm. or things that are happening on a cultural scale. Mm. So they have very incisive and pretty like painful commentaries sometimes about yeah. things in the industry. And then at the same time, when something I think is a really big news in the industry, when I share it with them, they'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, w- what do you want to eat? <laughs> I mean, like, it's just, it really, it's a great, like, fit, like a vibe check. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Of like, man, there are levels to every, I mean, obviously the levels to every industry, yeah. right? But especially this this particular one where we're at can be so, so sucking because it's so um, intrinsic, yet people are looking from the outside in. Yeah. So there's so many, there's so much commentary, not just from the inside circle, but mm. from everything else. And um, that's why I think graduating from the initial space, where, whether it's 987 mm-hmm. or whether it's like Samuelos <laughs> or whatever, yeah. is super crucial because the, the secondary space we're in now, where it's, I guess, quote unquote, the millennial space. We're trying to find ourselves yeah. over some avocado toast, <laughs> but, but or oat milk. Oh, oat milk! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, we're making films about milk and uh, oh. and posture, oh, but okay. um. Shout out to Eden. Eden, yeah. But I think I think this this area of self discovery, although it's kind of plotting, is really important. Mm. And then I hope we we graduate into an age of okay, what are we gonna do about it now? Yeah. What kind of change are we gonna make? How do we? level up from that previous generation of like movers and shakers but using the tools that we have mm-hmm. you know so it might look like you become i mean it might be taking your 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 commentary to the next level and not in a traditional talk show sense yeah. but you know how can how can your your impact and your uh, your view on life be manifested in different mediums but still stay true to you mm. or how can i start to tell stories through film or whatever they might not be uh, the Bujin Fungs or the, you know, Quentin Tarantino's, like, I'm not trying to get get a placement for, for you know, generic uh, theatres, but how can I still put work out that still reaches audiences in the right way? Mm. So I think, and maybe this is a thing in our 40s, I don't know, but 
but it's nice to know that we've graduated from initial shock yeah. and initial like awe of this industry and pain into okay let's discover let's let's quarter life crisis for a bit <laughs> rediscover regroup regroup and then relaunch 2.0. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Speaking of like regrouping and then relaunching, were there pockets of time where you felt like you just didn't want to go online at all? Or like if you if you stay online, even through the days that you don't want to be online, how do you cope Ooh. with that? How do you power through that? <laughs> I think thankfully, like uh, the online world is very vast and mm. I found nooks and crannies to be in it without like the weird toxic elements because mm. i can be very gaia sola i'll mm. geek out at random shit you know mm. what i mean or like i'll go into like just a gamer hole or i'll stay on like a subreddit yeah I, I especially tiktok because there's so many different holes in tiktok <laughs> right that you can just fall into yeah. um and then i fell into this like the absurd comedy hole where like videos just don't make any sense <laughs> but they're freaking like like the transitions happen for no reason <laughs> um but then it's so funny and yeah. there's like my favorite one is like um all, all, all pe- people acting like NPCs. Have you seen those where they like they act like characters in a game? Right. And like stay safe, okay. You know, I like on the road. I just find that just just lizard brain things. Yeah. Just switch off my brain. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I found safe spaces online, but I've also found that like my my mental and physical health increases exponentially mm-hmm. when I'm away from my phone, like exponentially, and I'm like I'm like at least. 50% more creative immediately right? when I take like a two-hour break. Yeah. Immediately. I don't know how you feel about, about that. For sure. I think that's why I, I stay away from it. I will literally go on to social media because I have messages I have to reply. Yeah. People tag me and stuff. Like, it's just almost socially responsible to go back and just reply them. Yeah. But then 10 minutes of it, I'm just like, okay, I can feel my brain cells just degenerating. Yeah. Not because of the, the people that I follow. Well, maybe a little bit of that. But... Not not entirely because of that. It's just, I think I genuinely do enjoy my time offline. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and I never thought I would say that because so much of my, like early twenties, doing what I do, I, I had to, I had to enjoy social media. Okay, can I ask you a question mm. then? Mm. Do you get a kick, at and be honest about this? Like, mm. is there a dopamine a dopamine kick? when you have like a piece of content that goes a little viral and you get lots of comments oh, for and sure. good comments yeah for sure. right and so you feel the need to check back in last time okay yeah and yeah. and um and that stopped because i find that when i come down from the high yeah it kind of sucks it literally is like taking drugs i mean not that i've taken drugs <laughs> but i've read about it <laughs> but right you know what i mean yeah. Like, you can draw yes. such parallels to it. Yeah. It's almost like my dependency on, like, oversalting or overseasoning my food. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like it's dull. Almost everything of my... Se- all my all my senses. Yeah. Kind of. It's like, last time I would love to have bubble tea at 70% sugar. Then I just stop for a while. And then going back, I'm just like, what the fuck have I been yeah. drinking? Can I have one bubble with my sugar? <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, do, do you do you, like find yourself feeling that a lot the highs and lows yeah um and I you sh- and you must experience it a lot because every time you put out like another remix or a one-man choir video like that always brings up your algorithm it, yeah it, it does and i try to think of it more i mean now as just like a it's just, i'm really trying to put on business hat when i do these things you know what i mean because i'm okay you know if i'm going to commit to this then i'll yeah. commit to it from like a objective standpoint mm. like okay to keep the business going i gotta do it xyz 
You know yeah. what I mean? And just yeah. like super dehumanize the process for myself. Oh, okay. Which sucks because in music, you kind of have to be yeah. personal too. Yeah. But you can't be too invested in each video because they're so bite-sized. And then like, right. if one if one flops, then you go into the, oh, why did it flop? There's no one like me. Is this person <laughs> like better than me? Like, don't invest too much emotionally Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, And I think also, it's this horrible passage of time of seeing uh, people people achieve success uh, who are maybe younger or like or, or more instantaneous than you mm. and you're like well I can do that too you know what <laughs> I mean yeah you know that feeling yeah. but then realizing as well that like just like life right like I mean this is something that I've, I've, I was talking to a friend about mm. um, that like time is really a greatest ally you think you're at the top of the world think again wait like another week and then you find yourself in a shitter you think you're in a gutter just wait a little bit and something will come along and I think the same thing really applies to even like, even if you're being consistent on social media, okay, this is from a business standpoint, Yeah. that like it, sometimes it really is consistency and letting that time will just be your biggest ally. But when you put that idea, idealism over to life, yeah. I think it's very similar as well. And it's really, it's really helped me understand and regulate like my emotions um, with and without social media. It's yeah. like, I'm just going to wait it out. You know what I mean? I'm going to take mental breaks. All right. I've put in like little stop gaps or you know these um these fail fail safes in my mind when I know I'm in a place where I can't leave my bed or I'm getting like kind of like depressed and it usually is because I've been on my phone for too long yeah right but and this is such a very common statement but the endorphins from just getting up and moving around or like working out or just cleaning the house yeah it's so silly to say that but like it makes a world of difference it to does. just like prioritize your life that way i don't know yeah. do you feel yeah because yeah. i think it's the act of like taking care of yourself yes yeah it's like yeah. doing small things that allow your body to remember that hey you, you're still in control of something and by the way you're in control of of, of your survival you don't yeah. clean the house like it's on it's on you exactly <laughs> you don't feed yourself it's on you but the fact that you can do these little tasks that I think we take for granted sometimes, it just reminds your body like, hey, you're still a human being and you're still doing a pretty good job at taking care of you. Dude, yeah, 100%. I feel like a lot of artists kind of, they, they regard themselves, um, I wouldn't say influencers, but I say artists in that, that kind of echelon yeah. regard themselves as not like general humans. So for example, they would, they would, they would sort of delegate these kind of mundane tasks away. Mm. Or like, let's say rich Singaporeans as well. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to touch my laundry. I'm not going to do this or do that. Or like, yeah. I'm going to hire three nannies to take care of my, my kid. Mm-hmm. Which is fine if you can't afford it. But yeah. like, I think there's something very, um, yeah, there's something very very tactile about just going through these experiences and then grounding yourself, mm-hmm. even as you do maybe crazy things in the workplace. You know, have the kind of that, like, that, that, that polarity. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel connected to actually, I don't know. Living. Cleaning up my dog's shit. <laughs> When she takes a giant turd, like, like she lays a giant turd <laughs> in my studio. You know what I mean? It's not on the bed, though. Th- that's the thing. Yeah. But can just surprise in the morning. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> no, that's just me. Sorry, wait. Never mind. Damn it. A pretty Neo. No, I'm just ah. kidding. Just kidding. Neo's the tiger mom. She doesn't allow uh, our dog on the bed. Oh, really? Yeah. But I would happily welcome a middle. Yeah. Uh, what, what, okay, what's, th- what's that like when... When both of you in the relationship have to exist very much on social <laughs> media, and both of you have very similar jobs, so you kind of exist in the same yeah. industry. It's so like I mean, I could gi- I could run through like 
a hundred tools that we've tried, mm. but it all just boils down to communication. That's the end of it. It's just talk more. Right. And this is the guy saying it. I mean, wow. usually the guys are the ones that like struggle with it. And I struggle a lot, a lot, a lot, a Do lot. Do you? Yeah. I was just going to say, like, I think people gravitate towards you because you're you, at least on social media. You know, <laughs> right. you, you give off the vibe where you're OK talking about your feelings. It's in my contract. I <laughs> I have to. Why can I imagine mm. that clause? Yeah. <laughs> ben, be relatable. Talk about feelings. No, but I, I, yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. You seem like the kind of guy who's like, okay, I have feelings. Let me talk about it. Let me nah, put it in man. a song, man. Why, you, why are you afraid about like right. that kind of vibe? So I did not expect you to say, oh, it's, it's hard for me to talk about my feelings. It's probably the worst analogy to this point, but in the same way that some... <laughs> oh my god this is the worst analogy but you know clergy like some full-time church people <laughs> have the deepest darkest secrets oh, do you know what i mean okay, like yeah, yeah, yeah more often than the people who don't right. uh, um yeah i think like i had to really um re-engineer my whole life and the way i would communicate because the more open i was in my workplace obviously conversely the more shut off i was at oh. night i would just be so emotionally spent right. um and i'm also again like i think the, the sort that puts it into the art you know and my wife she's more of the i mean yeah, we, we have very very different uh wavelengths and very different eq like completely at the ends huh. of the graph dude like really? oh my gosh yeah any graph you put us on we're on the opposite but is it a case of like because opposites attract so you're a complementary in the way you yeah. communicate because you're so different that would be in the press release for our <laughs> marriage it's like opposites attract and it worked out um, but no, it's so much work, man. It's so much communication. I mean, I'm sure in your in your relationships and stuff. But like, yeah. I think when it, it takes it to a whole nother level in marriage, and especially when you combine uh, two people with like um, non fixed schedules. You're both freelancers. Yeah. You know, you're. A, I mean, right now we're double income, no kids. But like, should that change in the future? You know, our dreams and desires. And I've been talking about like the competitive spirit that sometimes is there, mm. which I've always like been very aware of and trying to fight but i can't i mean like you know you have to acknowledge it when it's there especially like um if it's unsaid you know mm. and i think for me we've had to work through a lot of those things in this short span um right and the least we could do right i mean obviously i, I would say couples therapy is super useful mm-hmm. shout out shout out to couples shout therapy. out to all the couples who are therapizing <laughs> therapizing and the therapists Therapy? yes just therapists ther- what <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm not doing radio yeah, yeah. English bro yeah English it's okay you make music oh uh, <laughs> 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 I play guitar um and yeah and we also do, do this thing it's kind of cheesy but I, I read about it on Twitter oh it's called team uh, and you do it every night it's an acronym man oh my gosh <laughs> Please tell me about I'm this so acronym, Ben. I feel so gross. I feel so gross. No, really. Let our listeners it know. It freaking works. Okay, all right? Okay. So team, <laughs> as, and this especially works if you and your partner have really busy days where you can only connect for like half an hour before you go to bed. Like literally or even less than that, okay. right? So T stands for touch. So, so connect physically, whether it's like, if you like a handhold or a hug or, you know, a, 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 a spoon or if you hate each other, they just put a finger to a finger. You know what I mean? Like just a little bit of phys- physical touch. Um, <laughs> and then E is uh, edu- education. So list down one thing 
that you have learned today. Could be about your partner, could be about yourself, could be something a uh, self improvement thing, could be about your you know your boss, whatever. Yeah. Um, describe some one thing you've learned today to better yourself. Um, a is affirmation. Oh. So say one thing you feel like you are proud about of your partner, or one thing they've done well, or okay. one thing they're improving on. You know, yeah. just affirm them. Nice words. Um, and M is metrics. So metrics. I know it's kind of like a catch-all term, but it basically means um something that you can improve on or that your partner can improve on oh. for example uh flush the toilet or as uh, simple as that or um take more time out for yourself could be anything as vague as an um or as simple as an action or something more figurative okay but as long as you can identify one thing you don't even have to list it uh, some days we have no metrics but right. um and i think for some people also it's easier to collate the thoughts that you gather through the day and not blurt them out in your moment of like emotional turmoil. Yeah. But just like sit on the thought for a while and then at the end of the day, maybe you frame the thought a little better. You know what I mean? You've considered yeah. more options and maybe that's the time to, hello, yeah. by the way, flash, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I was just thinking if I only have half an hour to connect with my partner yeah. and we end up with metrics, I'm not sure... Maybe this it should be well. meat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just swapping the acronyms around. I'm not trying to imply anything, uh, um, you know, uh, <laughs> euphemism-y. But, like, yeah. you could start with the metric, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I I just, I mean, it sounds really reductive and silly to even, it sounds very corporate when you list it out. But you forget that even empaths or people in a creative field forget to even, you, you need these hallmarks or yardsticks to yeah. kind of guide you. Yeah. And as shitty as it sounds, as, like, corporate as it sounds, mm. it it has really helped us, especially yeah. in periods where we're just so slammed and not even like physically, but mentally you're all over the place. You mm. know, you have no time to just connect and then you realize oh, in three days, I haven't actually really talked to you. I don't know what's going on with you. I'm just mm. stalking you on social media maybe, but like, I don't really know what's going on. Um, so that's really helped us. I mean, I'm I'm no, you know, couples therapist, but yeah, in our situation, it's, it's done us a lot of good. Right. Yeah. At the beginning, when you guys started dating, the whole putting it out on social media thing, was it like a conversation that Ooh. had to be had? Do you feel awkward looking at friends who do that? Uh, or have you, wait, have you, have Share. you done that? Have you done that? Yeah, I, well, in the past. I remember this, yes. Yeah, I think yeah. I do, Did yeah. I mention it? Did we talk about it? We maybe, talked maybe. about something tangential. Yeah. For me, I, I, I'm the kind of person, like when I'm seeing someone and I'm really happy in the relationship... I gravitate towards sharing about that person. Yeah. Not so much in a way where if people see it, they're like, oh my God, like, you know, he's just dating yeah. him. It's more like, I, I just like to know that he is very much involved in my life yeah. and I feel proud to share about that person. So good. But I have been burned by that before and I just, yeah. Mm. Because coming off of it, it's like when people see, see that person so much in, in your life and then they stop appearing. Oh and then they start asking God. questions. And it just hinders the healing process. Did you do a hashtag? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that ha that has been my experience. And this yeah. this applied to, to all of my ex-boyfriends. Whatever no way. like profession they were in. Yeah. Like I've always been the type like, okay, if I feel really safe and happy in this relationship, I want to share about you. Yeah. 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 I think I totally agree. That was my thought process behind, I think, sharing about Naomi in the first place because... With everything else, I've I had always tried to protect um, that element of my so of my personal life. Yeah. 
But then I, w- I would just look at my grid. And at the time, I was just being really personal as well. And mm. it was literally my whole life, except for the biggest part of my life. Mm. And I think it was more about, okay, do I want to uh, protect branding or my, my personal life, whatever? Or do I want to honor her? Do you yeah. know what I mean? And uh, honor her presence and her love in my life. Mm. And I felt like that took priority. I was like, I want to honor like the fact that, you know, she's very much a part of me, mm. you know, and I'm proud of us and everything. So I think that was the underlying emotion. Um, before we started to pose for jewelry and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> Good matching sweaters. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I so mean. you guys never had that conversation of like, are you, so are you going to post about me? Or like no, she's never about pr- me. Then what does it mean? Like Ooh. that sort of thing. Because there are some couples who are very much in the limelight together that I know of, and right. Um, that the whole branding that is seems the couple, to be a right? Sensitive thing. No, okay. I think even before it gets to that stage of branded as a couple, yeah. it's more like, because social media is so is so rampant in our lives, right? That yeah. if you decide to avoid posting about something, mm. what are you insinuating? Really interesting topic, actually. Um, and it will also go to, I think, who Na- Naomi is as a person where, if you've, if you, and you know her, mm-hmm. she's like really meticulous in almost everything she does, like from a career standpoint, like she really deliberates like crazy. Mm. She has, okay, so she has tons of tattoos and she's never planned any of them beyond like a day. Like she just goes, I'm going to get a tattoo, goes in and just gets it done. Like, and oh. it's so, it's such a strange phenomenon where I'm also trying to understand it. I'm the opposite way, right? But I think when it came to us, um, I guess appearing as a couple or doing stuff, we've had very little conversation about it. Or it, at the most, it's like, are you okay if I run this photo, like, if I post this of you because you're saying this, you're, you're speaking in a funny way or whatever. Mm. I'd be like, yeah, go ahead. And th- that's that's the extent of it. That's right. as far as we'll talk about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, so I think the fact that we, we do that, and we're also very real, we not, we, we try not to posture as a, as a couple. I've really posted her at her worst and vice versa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think I think being real is part of it. and And we're also quite conscious of not making it like the whole thing you know what yeah. i mean um like the coupley thing just it shouldn't be your thing. entire personality on social media basically yeah it's damn risky man yeah um but if i mean again if it works for you i'm, I'm not knocking it like you know do you think so you know when you guys share because you guys do share very similar career paths let's say you have mm. maybe an insecurity i don't know if you get any of those these days but do I? When you run into a problem at work, yeah, yeah. How do you bring it up Ooh. to her if it's so in contemporary dance? <laughs> <laughs> this bitch today. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, I tend to. Okay, yeah. So that's my. I, that's a really, really good question. Um, we also have very, very different career paths right now as well. Mm-hmm. I think she's moving more into like a like a wellness space, and I'm just still shit posting, or I'm becoming more <laughs> insular. Or more like sort of behind the camera, which is nice. Um, so it feels like a very natural evolution. But I think when it comes to sharing about work and insecurities, um, it wasn't always the healthiest for sure. Mm. I think it, it wasn't bad in the sense of there was no like straight up jealousy in, in between us. I don't think that was the case. Mm-hmm. But we did have some incidents where we did work together. And um, I would say at the time, I was more established than her. Mm. And uh, people were not very nice. You know what I mean? I, I recall we, we hosted... Oh, my God. 
and I hate hosting by the way I don't know how you really? guys do it like it gives me so much anxiety you've done it before and you've been on radio with us for a while I, yeah every you moment like a it. panic attack <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not so bad it's not so bad if it's if it's co-hosting like this yeah. and you're pressing the buttons and the stop chain <laughs> stuff that's great um, but I, I think we were hosting for this event Naomi and I and uh, obviously she was doing the the main I was doing the color right mm. obviously and she was the straight comment commentator yeah or something like that. And I think we invited um, someone of importance on stage mm. from the company. And this woman took the mic and she she went to the extent of um, uh, just now Benjamin and his wife said, you know, oh, and God. and it was just something so subtle, right? So like kind of, and she didn't really glance at Naomi at all. Oh. And I didn't clock it because I think I men sometimes are in neutral gear. And at that moment, I was so tired, I went into neutral gear and went, the lizard brain. But when I came out of it, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I should have in the moment said something, even into the mic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, even if it wasn't something confrontational, I should have just said her name, yeah. you know? Um, but I could tell like, it really affected her, you know? And, and again, it's not unreasonable to affect, for it to affect you in a certain way. It could be something really small, um, but it really did, uh, bear a hole in her in terms of like um, am I just the wife am I just the side piece you know and I wanted her to frame it in a way that wasn't unhealthy and I and I and I I, I, I empathize I sympathize but at the same time because I'm also the source of it like um, I didn't want to be too handsy in that approach right. just give her space and also remind her that she is her own person mm. um, and she's she does really well for herself she's doing really really well right now mm. um, yeah so, uh, yeah, I think it was just those little things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you brought that up? Did you bring it up with her? Yeah, of course. She brought it up. Straight away off stage. I was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I should have said something because I was in neutral gear. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies, when you see a guy just stoning out, he's not thinking about some other girl. He's in neutral gear. Yeah, he's that meme. That meme with, like, the two couple, the uh, two people. I wonder what he's thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just in screensaver mode. It's like those, like, Windows 95 pipes. <laughs> <laughs> just like... <laughs> No, but I'm sure she yeah. understands. Knowing Neo, I know she, like, sh I don't mm. think she blamed you or anything for not speaking up. Um, No, no, no. I think it was more of, like, um, it was more of a self-reflection yeah. time for her. Yeah. yeah. But she took it really well. I mean, I think, if anything, she took it positively and it drove her to to make sure that she, like, we want to make sure that she's respected as her own person, mm. you know? Yeah. So when we do, when we do do, <laughs> do do work together, it's not so much a, an add-on, whether it's, you know, I, either way. Yeah. But is that you are you are being engaged because of who you are and the value that you bring as an individual. Yeah. So it's two individuals adding to the to the you know to the to the pie and not just oh it needs to be the couple which is more the, the bigger cell. Yeah. Yeah. Because when that happens, I think it's very dangerous. And at the end, it's a partnership, right? It's not one person string the other along. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. two together. And it's a relationship first and foremost. Yes. More than anything else. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If anything else can fade away. And Lord knows, we can name so many case studies of couples here locally and abroad who have tried to do the tried to do the business thing and who mm. have, you know, kind of like, I don't know. There yeah. are very few couples in this industry, whether they're musicians or business yeah. partners that I can say are success stories. You know mm. what I mean? Like, and and even if you yeah. are a success story, I feel like if I mean just touch wood, but if shit goes down, yeah, you end up separating, yeah. I think that's also the other the other side of it. Consciously uncoupling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that a word that Gwen? Yeah. Gwen, what's the name, Gwyneth? 
Gwyneth Stefani. <laughs> Gwen Paltrow. Uh, yeah. You get me. You get that, me. Yeah. Pepper Potts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't take you seriously I love sometimes. It. <laughs> no, but like, okay, I mean, take the Sasha news. Oh, yeah. Just I just saw that. Up. That's hard, man. Because, I mean, she was definitely her own person making her own yeah. content, right? She was like one of the OGs. But um, her and Mike was a big part of like her life. Yeah. And her audience was in on it from the start. Mm-hmm. So even now, she, like she feels she has to put out a statement. And even in that statement, she was like, actually, I don't know why I even have to explain to people who are not in this relationship. But because... You don't really owe it to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. But because social media is such a big part of my career. Yeah. And my life. It almost feels like I have to answer to a group of people I don't even know. Exactly. So that's like the dark side of like sharing your success with your partner. So I don't want to use the word brutally, but I, okay, so I think if Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively broke up, that would I wreck me. That would, yeah, wreck, yeah, yeah. I will, yeah, yeah. I will, no, I will call up in bed for days. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> but then again, I mean, yeah, you look at a lot of successful, uh, even even domestically. Look at um. Okay, m- one of my favorite couples, obviously Adrian Pang and Tracy Pang from mm, Pangdemonium. Yeah. Um, and a hugely successful theater company. Both of them very, very accomplished, but in pretty respective fields. Yeah. Yet when they come together, and I've been in the room when they work together. Oh my god, it's like magic. It's clockwork. It's like a symphony, you yeah. know. And and Adrian always jokingly refers to Tracy as his uh, as his his wife, but his boss, like in the Gala Aww, Nights. Yeah. Um, but it's. But I mean, also, also because Tracy mostly directs the pieces that come out, the projects and everything, and Adrian is either producing or he's doing other things. But they seem to really like know how to jigsaw puzzle it to yin yang mm. it very, very well, mm. and they communicate a lot from what I see. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not saying they're perfect. I don't know the the intricacies of their relationship. Yeah, but there's so many other case studies that have failed. You know, and this is one of the, the more beautiful ones that is so symbiotic. Yeah. And you can tell they also carve out space to just be a couple, be parents, mm. you know, yeah. and also kill it at work. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah, you 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 need to develop self, yourself as well. Mm. Alongside I mean, there's it. the whole, like, you got to love yourself first before you love other people. Mm, that's right. Yeah. 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 But I think it's also very much about, like, respecting the other person's individuality in the relationship. Yeah. Because I don't know, like, I don't know if you've been in relationships where you kind of, like, lose yourself a little bit. Mm. Maybe you weren't really, like, solid in yourself. So then when you go into a relationship, you don't, you don't know how to ground yourself in that. Does that make sense? For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's like if your foundation was rocky from the start, it's not going to be super stable when you have someone, you know. If anything, yeah. you just kind of, you give yourself another outlet or another avenue Yeah. for you to cling on to. Or to devote your energy to when the energy should be going to yourself a little bit more. 100%. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm going to backtrack and say it's actually really true that opposites attract. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I think prior to to Neo, like, I mean, I don't want to say I had a type, but I Kai. I mean, like, it, the pattern revealed itself to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? What was your pattern? And I mean, I'm not going to explicitly Without say Without naming it, names. But I think, like, I, I was always really drawn to... Um, the creative spirit. Mm. Like, a lot of people that, not even just relationships, but people I, I gra- gravitated to were insanely creative, very free-spirited. Um, there's a phrase I learned that day that was a granola girl. <laughs> what is that? 
I'll leave it to Google it on your own. Granola, Granola girl. girl. No, don't look it up now. No, it's like, okay, okay. I mean, basically, it's just like very like free spirit, uh, tree hugger, kind of like oh, you know, okay. earth kind of. Yeah. I'm probably getting it wrong. <laughs> and also a bit of a pick me girl kind of like, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? And while that was like wildly exciting, I think I was also not a very rested spirit back mm-hmm. then. I was going through a lot of my own shit. And when you got two souls just spiraling, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't even, like, spiral together or, like, move together. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, coming into my 30s and then meeting Neo, who's who's in the scene, but, like, really not. Yeah. That at all. Completely not. Um, and just grounded me in such a crazy way. Obviously, I vowed before her to, like, not date in the industry. And then, then she comes yeah. along. <laughs> and then it's the typical story. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, she was so she was so grounded and down to earth and just really no nonsense and she couldn't give a shit. Like, um, I mean, okay, that's really bad to say, but like, she's very different in terms of her investment towards my work. Mm. Um, she's very objective with it, almost unexcited sometimes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. but a kind of like distance is really healthy. I would say. Yeah. So yeah. it's mm, mm, like obviously she celebrates you, but she doesn't put your accomplishments on a pedestal. Is that what you're saying? Oh uh, yeah, no, hundred percent that. Yeah. In fact, sometimes I'd be like, "You like? <laughs> <laughs> Please say nice words. Please say nice words." <laughs> sometimes she listen to a new song and then she'd be like, "Oh, like, oh what is it?" And she's like, "No, there's, there's really nothing wrong with it. It means it's good." I was like, "Okay, damn, <laughs> damn." So you had to learn. Yeah. You had to learn the way she validates yeah. you as well. Whereas if I'm in a position when I'm some friend is playing me the track, I'll be like, "Yo, this slaps. This is the <laughs> shit." You know what I mean? Like, and and I'll sometimes I'll gas them up a bit more than I should, but mostly because I know that like they are at their most insecure. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Like when you show someone like it's something you've done, it's good intentions. Yeah, maybe a bit too far, but <laughs> but but she's like, yeah, okay. yo, she's straight up, man. She's like, yeah, <laughs> goes back to play handphone. <laughs> I'm like. Damn. The first time that happened, I was like, oh my god. Heartbroken. But <laughs> but I think there is something to be said about dating someone who, who doesn't put you on a pedestal. Oh I think god, we yeah. do need someone to ground ourselves in, in that way. 100%. Yeah. I want someone to hype me up, but not like, not like be a fan. fan. But yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's this saying, like, if you treat someone like a celebrity, they will treat you like a fan. Oh, yeah, it's power play. Everything is power yeah, play. Yeah, but yeah. I don't want to see as if, like, I'm manipulating anybody, but I do think there is some truth in that. Like, you kind of have to balance the skills in a relationship. Mm. You kind of have to be equals. Yeah. And not so much, like, um, I hype you up. And then yeah. that's the dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I retweet that <laughs> <laughs> completely. Yeah. <laughs> Imposter syndrome. Ooh. Is that something that you find yourself in? Ever, I've come to realize that if I take at least two days to work on something, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, and okay, I'll, I'll, I'll also admit that I came into our short film a bit underprepared. <laughs> why? Because you were late? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one. But also, like, I, I okay, think... Okay, why? why? What about that? It was a time management thing for me. Oh. You no, know? I mean, what about that made you feel like that you want to bring that up because i thought you were fine oh thank you uh i thought you were great <laughs> oh, thank you. i i i i think it's also um yeah i mean okay the acting shoe i hadn't stepped in for a while i was mostly just mm-hmm. directing and writing and stuff so right. it was kind of foreign to me for a bit but i know that if i did did do the time and did do a bit more character work mm-hmm. looked at it from a more like conceptual point of view or just spend time on it yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I would have rounded out and been okay. A lot more comfortable. Mm. 
I think it's just about the prep for me. Um, and I've learned that that a lot of imposter syndrome can be um, can be solved with more prep. With just more prep. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, okay, that's also very reductive to say. I would say that, and this is an interesting conversation actually that I had with um, with Cesare. Name drop. <laughs> no, no. I mean, he's such a great guy. And it was a some long time ago because, mm. um, okay, growing up, growing up doing like, you know, bar nights mm. and um, like serving in church and stuff when I was a lot younger yeah. where you're told to like break down your idea of self, you know, like mm. you're just a conduit. You're just a broken vessel and you're just there to serve, mm. you know, um, kind of just like kind of erodes the kind of artistry you think of in your head or like your self-importance. Yeah. So when I started becoming like an artist, I realized I just did not have the confidence that a lot of a hallmark quality and a lot of superstars, or if you look at like your Biebers or your your Harry Styles, you know, or whoever your mm. I don't know BB Rexes or you know Doja Cat, like mm. they just exude, like you have to think you're the greatest person in the room. You kind of have to. You kind of have to. Yeah. yeah. I used to reject that because I thought that was like me tapping into arrogance mm. but i realize Tell everyone me. who's great in their field you have to have like crazy self-belief yeah even if the world shows you otherwise yeah you have to be the one that thinks you're the greatest yeah and it's interesting you say that because that's exactly what Cesare said we were oh. on a panel and um they were like how do you overcome imposter syndrome or insecurity and he literally said, you have to think you are the greatest in the room. I would say that it's half like law of attraction and mm. positive affirmation to yourself. Mm. Um, but that was his mantra. And I, and, I, and I went back and I was like, I can't do that. Like, I have no bone in my body that, like, as much as I tell myself, I'm the shit and I prepare. Like, I don't feel like, I just feel like shit, mm. you know? Mm. Um, but then I kind of took upon, like, I, I, I took the mantra that I used to run with, which is, um, I'm really not there to serve myself i'm there to serve the work yeah serve the art mm-hmm. you know and i had incredible uh, like anxiety at the time yeah. you know stage fright or whatever yeah even even with prep mm. but i was like if i'm not serving the work and i'm thinking about my anxiety or my stress levels or insecurity yeah. or paralyzing self-doubt yeah. then i'm doing the work a disservice i'm falling short of my job which is telling the story yeah you know what i mean yeah. It's actually an act of selfish selfishness in that in that sense. Yeah. And when I thought about that, I was like, oh shit. Okay. So if I just focus on the work. The work. Yeah. And in, in, in replacement of self, mm-hmm. maybe that will work out. And it has to a degree for yeah. me. Yeah. I love that you you mentioned this because this was actually one of the things that I wanted to talk about on the feels, which is kind mm. of shifting the perspective on um feeling like you can perform. And especially in, in like our industry where you're constantly working with people, like you go into yeah. or you're recording or whatever, right? Yeah. You always feel like, oh fuck, like I have to like for you, I guess yeah. you have to you have to sing. It was same, like like if you yeah. have, you know, thirty thirty minutes to, to smash out a take. Yeah. Like like for like for like for a scene. Yeah. And you you gotta get the emotions right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a big pivotal scene yeah. and twenty people are in a room waiting for you. You don't have a tear stick. Exactly. You gotta, you gotta get there. Yeah, the pressure is crazy, dude. Yeah. yeah. But then once you shift the perspective of like, okay, how can I make that person opposite me their job better? How can I make it easier? It takes, it takes that pressure away from me. I've yeah. tried it and I love it. Yeah. It like grounds me in the present moment. I'm just like, no, I'm here to make that person's job easier and better. And and with that perspective, my work comes out better. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just say like? 
when we did this short film that we we will eventually at some point I guess see uh, <laughs> in the public yeah. eye, um, I remember actually encountering that moment where I think I was so I think I was over rehearsed for the first scene, mm. and I felt that, and I I, I sensed it when I watched it too, mm. um, and then when we got to the scene uh, in the bedroom, mm. which was uh, cut quite <laughs> a little bit, um, <laughs> I was I, I was actually really nervous in that scene because I was like, how do I do this with less words? How do I do this with, and every and every moment of that, okay, I mean for more context, it was like we played uh, ex ex lovers. And I had a, I'm an insomniac. I have a sleeping problem. Yeah. And I called you over to just basically sleep in bed with me. Because then he can sleep better at night. So, yeah, there is nothing intimate, just that. Yeah. But we end up having a really beautiful heart-to-heart conversation about intention, desires in bed, yeah. right? But so much of it was beautifully written in a sense. It's not, It's there's a lot of subtext to it, mm. right? So when I read that, I was like, this is so wonderfully written. I can't fuck this up. Like, mm. every beat has to be correct. And... I remember, like, I think on our second take, I, I wasn't happy with what I was doing. And I just was like, okay, I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to Shamian. I'm just mm. I'm just so focused on the entire thing and what I'm doing. But if I just, like, allow myself to sit in it. Like, it's a bit Stanislavski, I know. But, like, just sit with mm. it and feel feel the bed. Feel you breathing beside me. Yeah. Feel the tension between two ex-lovers yeah. crawling and tiptoeing around each other. And just listen to these moments. Then maybe I'll bring something new. Yeah. And I think that was a take where you tried different things as well. Yeah. And I was kind of like, yeah. I was I was trying to it, like also intentionally vary up the pacing, but in a natural way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my, I love that scene. That was my favorite. Yeah. I guess I we'll never see it. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. So just for context, the reason why we keep saying you'll never see it is because, well, well, first of all, once we're done with our part of the production, yeah. we act in it. We don't have any say in how it turns out. Yeah. Obviously, we hope for the best. And when we acted it, we felt it and we really liked the take. Yeah. But when we watched the most recent cut, yeah. which is supposedly the final cut, yeah. uh, it wasn't what we expected. Yeah. So we don't know if you'll ever see the light of day. <laughs> Maybe like a director's cut or yeah. something. But then, but then, I guess that's also true to the extent of like we 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 served our role. Yes. You know what I mean? As, as we actors, kind of had to relinquish control. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever. But for what it's worth, yeah. I completely agree with that take. Yeah. I think it was like I mean you knew what was going through. Yeah. <laughs> that weekend. Dick and advice. <laughs> yeah. But um. It really helps to like ground yourself in the moment and and focus on the other person, which is something I recently learned as well. Yeah. Like there's a technique where, you know, when you have to emote, you have to kind of bring the emotion. Yeah, yeah. Most actors are very focused on that. They're very focused on themselves. Yeah, the output. Yeah. But the moment you shift that focus on the other person, the feelings kind of come naturally because you're simply reacting from... (sighs) Yeah, 100%. I think that was what happened with us. Yeah. yeah. And it's such a simple truth that I, I don't know if you, you picked that up when you were studying acting, mm. um, but they always say acting is just listening. Yeah. And actually, acting is learning to not act. Yes. Yeah. The moment you're acting, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not doing it right. The best actors don't really act. You're just yeah. reacting. Yeah. You're just being truthful in the moment. Yeah. But it's so hard to do, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, even in this moment, like, I'm just not trying to preempt where I want to take the conversation, mm. but simply reacting to what feels organic. And that's how cadences are formed in real life when you're talking to someone, like the pause I just had between words. <laughs> I didn't plan for that to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. it felt natural. It didn't feel rehearsed or anything like that. 
and that's the thing I had to realize also coming from you know like and that's the thing I feel with a lot of internet personalities bringing it back to the influencers mm. who then get casted in stuff oh, oh. that is a whole other that can of it's a whole other podcast yeah <laughs> a whole actual different podcast but do you, I mean if you don't mind me asking you experience that because you kind of have I mean okay from a, an outsider standpoint I feel like you're in a good space of having the best of both worlds. Meaning, like these days, actors have to be influencers as well in order to sure, get casting yeah, directors' yeah. attention. Which, that is a whole other argument. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, but you're kind of in that space of, okay, I have acted, I have right. experience, and I'm passionate about it. I want to do it. But you also have like the numbers to back it up. Okay, yeah. I guess I'm in a bit of no man's land because when I do go back to theater circles and stuff mm. and if I do land a job, I'm seen as, oh, you know, he's the internet guy. <laughs> and in the internet spaces, I'm like, oh, he's the fine arts guy. <laughs> you know, stiff upper lip. Um, but, but yeah, no, I mean, like, I think it's just knowing that, again, the Venn diagrams can align beautifully. And mm. if, if I'm ju- I can be judged, I mean, it's part of the job to be judged. But make sh- make sure that I present something worthy of being judged, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, to bring it back to, like again, I feel like this generation has grown up with a lot of TV, a lot of you know, like um, a lot of access to the internet. Yeah, a lot of dramatized works. TikTok acting is a whole other thing. Oh my god, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. And so, um, when you see them getting engaged as hosts. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. I see the smile. <laughs> I see you. I see you. Or, or not just not just singers, but like let's say musical theater, mm. right? Having to perform to be stable, to do choreo. Yeah. Um, when you're cast in a dramatic scene, that's not just kind of like exaggerated, but nuanced, mm-hmm. a realistic take yeah. or absurdity. And you don't have a good director to help shape them. Yeah. It's very obvious. And in my time away from training, I've seen that develop myself as well. Mm you know what I mean? Mm. And so I'm like, I, I've always been like extra sensitive to them, like apologetic and sensitive. Like I try to, I try to work on that as mm. I go, mm. but it's hard. I, I mean, I don't know how you feel. And like, uh, how do I navigate this? Yeah. But I mean, you are trained. I mean, you, you yeah. did go for your tr- yeah. for training and all that. Yeah. But I think I was in a weird space of like, everybody saw me as just the DJ. And even now I still feel like I have to shake that off. Not shake that off because I was ashamed of it. I'm very proud of, of, of like my background and I know yeah. someday I'll get back into it because I still love it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like people still look at me and be like, but she's on radio. Uh, uh, she does radio yeah, or she's yeah, a host. Yeah, yeah. Can she act? People tend to develop one impression and stick with it. For yeah. And I can't blame yeah. them because I think this is how like our world works. Bra- that's why branding works. Yeah. People just want yep. you to be one thing. You Correct. Know? But I think that was my dilemma with 98.7. I didn't just want to be one thing. I can't be talking about pop culture every night. Like, that was just not me. Yeah. Yeah, at some point. I mean, you don't care what Iggy Azalea <laughs> ate tonight? Yeah, what? Exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't care about her diet plan. Oh, like, shit. Yeah. So, I, I'm still finding myself in that. But I think signing up for the training myself yeah. helped with the imposter syndrome. Because I was like, I can't speak for myself if I don't even believe that I can do it. Yeah. So, let me go test the water. And if I suck, okay, I'll like have my tail between my legs and walk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you put yourself up to the, yeah. the, the, the pedestal yeah. to challenge yourself. Yeah. yeah, and what helps me is that with every single project, I think I walk away feeling like I've left a good impression on the director, the production crew. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's good enough for me because at the end of the day, like, people will talk. And if you have a great work ethic, you've done what you could for the production at that time. Yes. The work is going to speak for itself. Yeah. 
yeah. I mean, of course, unless you're in the short film and then your your scene gets cut. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but... Then nobody can say anything about that, you know? Yeah. I would say you are... I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, describe you in front of you, but (laughs) you... I mean, again, that's the thing. Like, a lot of people don't have intuition as an actor, Mm -hmm. as an actress, and I feel like you were very intuitive on the spot. Something that I I felt like, as I started to creep behind the camera and direct and write more things, Mm -hmm. is something that I, like, just intrinsically looked out for in actors it's not so much mm. wh- what training you had yeah. or where you came from it's like how do you again how do you be intuitive and honest on the spot mm-hmm. you know what i mean because mm-hmm. acting is lying but like you know like yeah but but it's lying with truth sometimes or so and i felt like um looking at just you, you just get a certain vibe when you're with different people yeah, yeah. Just i the think intuition. also it's true when they say like okay you can train you can go for training but you shouldn't be bring your training to the real world yeah the moment i can see your technique i'm like you don't oh got God. it dude like yeah 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 and it's actually funny you said that because um last year i did like a like a web series thing with uh vitsi which one was this uh it was queen of diamonds i don't think you caught it i'll go and stalk <laughs> it after this yeah. same way you watched my the friend zone. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> <on> right. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Love you. I did. I, I went. I went. I deep dived. Deep dived. No, but um, after the production was done, yeah, the director told me something. He was like, "Did you know that you were not my first choice? I had someone else in mind." Shit. God forbid, she's an influencer, obviously. Ooh. Yeah. So Classic. I was like, okay. I mean, I wasn't out expecting that. I did not ask him for it, but he just gave me the information. Yeah. So he, I asked him, okay, what changed? If I wasn't your first choice and it was between two of us and you were set on her, what changed? So during the casting, he was torn between the two of us, but he had one phone call with each of us to decide. Wow. And going into that phone call with me, he was like, I, I think I'm going to go with the other girl. And I did not know this. Holy crap. But he said coming out of the phone call, he realized, okay, I'm the right person for the part. And this is not to like put myself on the mental and yeah. glorify my work. But he realized, okay, like you've thought about this. You've actually thought about what you want to do with the character. And I think yeah. that's what a lot of people I don't want okay, I don't want to shame any influencers who have just gone into acting, but <laughs> I think that seems to be the case for most people. Right, yeah. You go into it thinking that you can just memorize your lines and that's it, or or bring your technique. But I think at the end of the day, like you're a director yourself, Ben. You're a writer yourself, right? So when you work with actors, I think you also want to know that they have, they can call the shots by themselves. Like they have thought through what they want to do with the character and they're not just waiting for you to spoon feed them. Yeah. Yeah, because otherwise they're just a dummy right like they're there to to take on the role but i think they kind of have to have some sort of autonomy with it yeah i mean there is a fine line between uh i guess a thinking actor and a self-important actor (laughs) do you know what i mean yeah and i think and i I don't have that much experience as a as a writer director but i think just being in the room with you on that (laughs) last day of of shoot and um I mean, again, a bit more context. Like we were working, we were workshopping the ending scene, yeah. and I never heard you say "yeah" so many times in my life. <laughs> oh my goodness! And we were just like writing whole, like sort of like like spiel essays in our head about why this "yeah" would yeah. be appropriate yeah. because the ending was really kind of um, vague. Yes. Right, and yeah. we had to portray the right thing, um, and and so little of it to the naked eye makes it onto screen. 
but it doesn't belittle the work that you do the night before and the, the half an hour we spent yeah. on the kitchen island debating the tone and the timing exactly. you know and what each character has done with up until that point yeah um and the amount of the process to which an actor takes to prepare an actor does prepare and, and the and the and the and the journey an actor takes to get to that point where it's just a few seconds of reacting right mm. people really don't see that work yeah. but you can't skip that work i feel yeah. It's know? like the iceberg theory, right? Hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, like the tip of the iceberg is is what you see, but so much of it goes all the way to the bottom end. Yeah, yeah. And it's usually, it's like using your tools, like your physicality, mm-hmm. your tone. Um, but I think most partly, I guess, like staying true to to you and like yeah. the stuff you want to tell. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you doing that with the podcast, dude. Like you're, you're killing it. Thank you. But honestly, that's a lot of how I feel when I think about social media content. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh man, segue. I can't be as creative as that. Can't, right, I can't right. do what this person is doing. Because I'm just like, oh, analysis paralysis. Uh, yeah, I'm just like, okay, maybe just don't even try. But then again, I, I have to be honest with myself. I don't think I'm that passionate about creating content for <laughs> social media. Not like for the podcast. So yeah, I, I'm taking responsibility for that. No, I think it's great the way it is. Yeah. I think it's it's sincere enough and it does it does the job. You don't have to... I mean, is that going to be a, a game segment or? Like uh, a, like <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 ding. Yeah, but I love it. I I think you're I think you're you're doing an amazing job. Thanks so much, Ben. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not just trying to gas you up. Hey, like, I'll take it though. Yeah, take it. <laughs> Thank you. So, what's next for you, Ben? What What have you been working on, and like, what's next for you? I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> um, planning to take over all the podcasts <laughs> and make it the Pivot. best, the only podcast. <laughs> yeah. Nah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> The feels uh, with Benjamin King. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The vibe, the vibe check, <laughs> the vibe check. It's giving. It sounds so nine eight seven, dude. Oh, like no! the vibe check. The vibe dude. check. It with sounds ben. very nine eight seven. Four to eight p.m. <laughs> only on nine eight seven FM. Oh my god! <laughs> it was my dream as a kid. Good to old be on times. I know because you were on Lush for a while. Yeah, it was fun. That was fun, and then you were with Sons for a bit. Right? Just for, for two stint. weeks, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah. did you ever think, like, hey, actually, I want to go into radio? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I never planned to, and when I did, it was just so much anxiety because it's such a difficult job, dude. It's a lot it's of multitasking, so which is actually the fun part. Yeah, you like that stuff. Yeah, that the whole like oh, pressing you buttons and talking, crazy. <laughs> I, I cannot. But I would say, I mean, just to detract, but people like you, I would say you, Natasha, like, I feel mm. like you guys. Like it's so. I mean, not that the rest aren't doing it. It's a good job. Everyone's mm. killing it. But I feel like um, it really feels like you're in a room with you guys when you guys are on air. It, it feels oh. very natural. It feels like yeah, you guys are just being yourselves. I think mm. that's the hallmark of it. You mm. know what I mean? Thanks. But it's tough too. It's not easy to, to to do that on air. Yeah. What are your plans? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, so I'm doing a I'm doing an album this year. Like a, it's more of like a music year. Really? Yeah. So we're, I'm I'm wor- I'm working out an album that would drop hopefully fourth quarter this year nice um and uh i'm still in talks to do a a couple of like acting stuff like 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 series series Mm -hmm. work and we're just trying to confirm that but it's a lot of like body transformation stuff which is i'm I'm a little bit afraid of like i've got to like just get really fit and stuff (laughs) i don't want to do that i'm like (laughs) dude that's the fun part i guess so Yeah. yeah no but i i'm i'm 
fully on board for it. I would love to see you in more stuff. To be oh, honest. thank you. Yeah, I mean the singing thing. I have been singing for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe stop for a bit. Yeah, uh, can you like just no, like just shut just up, kidding, dude. Yeah. Just kidding. No, but I, I, I think after working with you, especially, I would definitely love Aww. to see you in more stuff, and hopefully. <laughs> We can work together. Yeah. But I think uh, from from next year onwards, the goal is to also kind of like scale the company. Okay. Um, like my little production company and sort of try to commission and direct and write more kind of zany original work and try mm. to find a little niche in terms of like filmmaking. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's not wildly Jack Neo successful, <laughs> but um, <laughs> like as long as it carves out a little hole in the industry, yeah. I think I'll be happy. Uh, if I'm being honest, I don't know how long I want to do the spin thing. Okay. I think I have to like pivot a little bit, okay. maybe go into other types of fitness. <laughs> no, I mean the bike's gotta go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That, that's one thing. But uh, I'm currently in production now. Oh, sick! For like season two of Last Madame. Oh, sick! That's yeah, awesome. yeah. So that's very, very exciting. That's okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Wait, how are you? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe we should have this off air. Yeah. <laughs> well, I carve out time. You carve out Talk time. About, like, are you asking me like how am I not occupied with other stuff? Chuck a couple of NAs in there. No, I mean, okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll have this like yeah, conversation yeah, offline, later offline, on. offline, offline. Yeah. But um, but no, yes. it's such a great show. My goodness. Yeah. No, yeah. I definitely want to be like in more stuff. Obviously. Good. Yeah. yeah you want to keep working. I think that's the. That's mm. the whole point. Being a working actor is a success Dude, in itself. It's so hard in Singapore. Yeah. Oh my so. Gosh. That has been my goal since leaving, and it's not changed. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to keep appearing and stuff, and each time you do it, it's like, okay, I want to get to, like, a bigger pond now. Mm. You know, if I was, like, a big fish in a little pond, I want to be a little fish in a big pond, and then maybe next time it'd be a big fish in a big pond, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Have you thought about the stage, like, theater? I have, but then yeah. I always wonder, like, will they just not want me because I'm not, like, a singer? <laughs> maybe you should be an influencer. Maybe oh. they're like... No, actually, that does not work Play on stage. Play an influencer. Yeah. That really does not work on stage. I um, feel like theater cuts out that bullshit. They're like, they really do. I don't fucking care. If but it cut out too much. I mean, th- they're a bit closed circuit, I feel. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but no, they're starting to open up. And uh, Yeah. No, I would love to because in school, like, I did theater. I think you'd be great, dude. But I'm just a bit, like, ooh, scared, you know, go back because they're like, oh, you've been in the limelight so much for, like, other things. Like, are you sure you're really passionate about theater? Like, wow. I get imposter syndrome from thinking about that. Yeah. So... Taufik's done it. <laughs> um, You've done it. I, yeah, I've done it. I've, I've, done, it bit, I've done it a little bit. Um, we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's the great. It's as an actor, is the is the most uh, cathartic thing to be it on is. stage. Yeah. I feel like when you do theater, you kind of go back to yourself a little bit. Yeah. It's not so performative, like you know, in the outward sense anymore. Mm. Theater is therapy in a way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so it's so visceral, so different from from film. Yeah. I hate. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm always a hated film process, but I really enjoy the theater process a lot more of making it as yeah. an actor. Um, but I like watching film more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can have this conversation like forever. forever. Yeah, we should wrap. Thank you for listening, guys. <laughs> Let us know in the comments below. Like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>